might maybe possibly make it to some slides. We'll see. This is kind of going to serve as a intro. Thank you. To some things that we're going to look at on the King James Bible. Okay. So if you go to Proverbs chapter 30, get things kicked off there. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to bench a guy. You know what I mean? And it's awkward, you know what I mean, for everybody, for the whole team. It's everybody. It's not just him. It's, it's awkward for the coach. It's just awkward conversation, you know what I mean? Like, hey, this week, that's awkward too. This, this week, we're, you're riding the pine, you know? And uh, Jordan Poole, some of you don't know who he is. It's inconsequential because he doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, he thinks he's a big deal. And goes and tries to, you know, be a big deal on some other team. Riding the pine. <laughs> riding the pine. So uh, that is all a joke. Uh, Brother Millar is not riding the pine. He, um, I asked him if he would be all right if I took his slot this week. Um, kind of a little bit because I had, I, I, I thought I would keep this a little more brief, and it, it's just like every subject. The Word of God is, is inexhaustible, okay? The King James Bible's a big subject, right? And so for me, I think I would have been doing a great injustice for me to go, okay, let me just try to shove this into 45 minutes and give you a brief synopsis. It's not really a thing, okay? So what I, what I will do, though, is we'll give you an introduction and then I'll just swap them, and he can have Sunday school back, and I'll begin to teach this on Sunday nights. If you can't be here on Sunday nights, I'm sorry. Uh, that's when I'll be teaching it. You can get it on our app, ODBC, Missoula, Open Door Church thing, in the App Store. And if you can't find it, let us know, uh, because it is kind of annoying, actually. I, I just tried to find it the other day myself, and I was like, what is going on? How come we? I can't find our own app. Well, I couldn't, and finally did. So it is in there. You just kind of have to put in the perfect words because uh, apparently we're not trending. <laughs> That's news to me, but, you know, who'd have thought? But nevertheless, uh, if you get the app, then you've got direct access to uh, all of the sermons, okay? And then for... I'm going to say attendees, because it's not just for members of this church, but for attendees of this church, uh, somewhat regular, please request access into the chat, okay? Because there is another uh, invite-only section in there uh, where, where, hey, prayer requests are going on, and, you know, Toby's trying to be funny, but he isn't, and... <laughs> Just stuff's going on, you know, that's entertaining all the same, all right? And it's a good place to kind of stay connected, you know? You're not funny. You're not funny. He is funny. But not for the reason that he thinks. Okay. Are we there? Proverbs chapter 30? All right. Um, okay. Proverbs chapter 30, look at verse... Look at verse 5 and 6, okay? You, you need verse 4. These three verses go together. I can't back up and do it again. I will get stuck. I'm not doing it. It's so important, though, okay? It's talking about who is God, what's his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell. 
And then he answers you in verse 5. He says, what is his son's name? And he says this, every word of God, right? And so when Christ shows up, and, and in the New Testament, and John's really the one that, that really, you know, shows this to us, but, it, it, you know, John, the book of John, the Gospel of John starts out, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is an incredible statement, right? And so we know Christ, and we, we know Him as the Word. It says, it says in a few verses after that, it says, and the Word, I always get it wrong, was made was made flesh and dwelt among us. What did that just say? It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God came down and took upon Him the form of a man and was down here in bodily form. God manifested in the flesh, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. Big deal if it really happened. You know who you're listening to, okay? And I know who I'm speaking to. But, but maybe I don't know you. And maybe you don't know me. And maybe you're not familiar with the Word of God and what it, the claims it makes about Christ. I don't know who might be listening on our trending app. Right? Could be anywhere. Maybe you didn't know that Jesus Christ claimed to be God manifest in the flesh. Not just a good man. Maybe you didn't know that the Bible says that about him. Maybe you didn't know that if it's not true that Jesus Christ really is inconsequential and couldn't save anybody. Okay, one, one or two rights. Yeah, rights. Did I kind of did I lose you on that statement? He, he had to be God manifest in the flesh. Who can forgive sins but God only? Only Christ. Could, uh, yeah, only God can forgive sins, and if Christ wasn't God, well then he can't forgive anybody's sin. Your priest can't forgive sin. Thank God you don't have one, most of you. Amen. No man can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. And all men need their sins forgiven. See, see what I told you about verse 4? Huh. Every word of God is pure. I'm in verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Wow. Okay, let's pray. I need efficiency this morning. Please pray with me and for me to that end. Uh, I will speak fast. You'll have to listen fast, and we might get a few things accomplished here, okay? Father, please, please, I need your help. Without you, I can do nothing. These are your words. They're pure words. I pray that you'd give uh, clarity to my thoughts. I pray that you'd help me to get through these things in a way that would be pleasing to you. And so sometimes we're in a hurry and you're not. Other times, uh, Lord, I'm off on something else uh, that, I, that I shouldn't have been on. And so, Father, please help me to stay on the subject at hand. And I pray that, Father, Lord, we'd be able to get through some of these things. And you'd give some clarity and some understanding to those who maybe uh, don't have some in this area of Bible versions and why we believe what we believe. Help us to, to see it clearly. Help us to receive it uh, as from you. Pray that you'd be the teacher of these things. I ask it, I pray it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, 
I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't have any problem telling you what I'm doing here, okay? Some of what I'm doing, much of what I'm going to show you, comes out of this book, okay? Simple, little, thin, tiny little book called A Charted History of the Bible, okay? Now, because I know you, because I, lo I love you, that's why I'm at, because I love you, and I know you won't go put your nose in this, okay? I'm going to show you some of these things, okay? B but you could go get this book. You could look at this book. Amen. Yeah, you could. And, and you could ask yourself some of these questions that I'm going to try to give you answers to, okay? Now, what, what, one of the things I need you to understand, I say this often, but I just say it again here this morning for sake of clarification, we're a, we are a Bible-believing church. This is a Bible-believing church. And you say, well, I thought all churches are Bible-believing churches. Well, I hope to show you kind of what, what, we, what we mean a little bit more clearly. But when I say I'm a Bible-believer... I'm going to tell you what I mean. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. I can, I can, you, we can converse, and then you could explain to me what you mean. But I'm going to tell you what I mean as the pastor of this church when I say I'm a Bible believer. I believe that this King James Bible is the preserved, perfected, inerrant, purified word of God that every single word is trustworthy and that this is the only perfect thing on the face of this planet. That's what I believe. When, when, I be, when I say I believe that this book is perfect, that is to say it's, it's, the, it's the final authority in all matters of faith and practice, not Baptist doctrine or any other church doctrine. Not any man. Just this. Okay? A man has to ask himself some questions on this earth as he goes through this life. Is there a God? Did he say anything? If there's a God, did he communicate to the people that he claims to have made? Is there a God? Did he say anything? And then here's the big one. Do we have it? Do we have it? Many people that would come and, and talk to you about being a Bible believer would tell you they believe this, but in heart and in truth and, and pressed on the matter, they would tell you, well, I don't really believe this is perfect. Okay. Well, if God's word's perfect, but we don't have it, then where is it? He, he claimed to, that it's perfect and that he preserved it, right? Okay. All right. So I just, I got to kind of lay that out there, okay? Um, all right. Let me get on these notes so we can kind of flow a little bit better, okay? Said, said a number of those things, said a number of those things, okay. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Go to Deuteronomy in chapter 4, also grab Revelation 22, I want you to see these warnings, you're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning, if you don't like that, I don't know, it, this could be a long one for you then, <laughs> um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, time can fly when you're doing something you enjoy and then just drag on forever when you're not, right? Yeah, well... For some of you, this is going to go by real fast, and those of you, it'll be the longest 45 minutes of your life. <laughs> Deuteronomy in chapter 4, this warning that shows up in verse 6, it says, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. So God says about his word that if somebody goes, any man, anybody, this is anybody, and, and, and begins to add on to things, add things on to what God said, that that, that man's a liar... 
and that he'll be found out. He'll be exposed. Now the question becomes, where are and what are God's words? Right? What, what, it, what, is that, what constitutes adding on to the Word of God? Who gets to determine and, and say, well, what's the Word of God and where, where is the line of adding on to it? Fair enough? I'll do my best to, to answer that for you, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to be able to give you the perfect explanation of that, maybe to your satisfaction. But I'll give you the best, the best answer I can give you, and you're going to have to sort some things out for yourself. You have to answer those questions. Is there a God? Did He say anything? Do we have it? I can give you the questions, and I can try to give you some of the answers that I've come to, but you, you've got you've to take this thing for yourself. Hello? So he says, don't add to them. There's two, there's two other warnings, kind of, I would say, at the beginning of the book, which is where Deuteronomy is at, chapter 4, in the middle of the book, in Proverbs chapter 30, where we're at, and then in the end of the book, you get three warnings in the Bible, and they're, they're pretty plain. <laughs> Deuteronomy in chapter 4, uh, look there, look at verse 2. Deuteronomy 4.2, you shall not add unto the word which I command you. Then, then he says this, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Don't add to it. Now we got what, something else. Don't take away from it. I'll just mention this in passing. That was Eve's trouble. And that's the devil's interest. The devil's interest is the word of God. I said this a week or two ago. The very first words out of his mouth is, Yea, hath God said. What the devil wants you to be thinking and all the time and, all, and, and the thing he wants to have in your mind, and he'd, he'd uh, accomplish something very great if he can get you to think this all the way through your life. Yea, hath God said. Did God really say anything? Did God really say that? Did God really say the things that are written in the Bible? If God really said them, then you're going to have to answer to him about them one day. Not to me. Who cares what I say about it? Who cares what I believe about it? You have to ask for yourself, is that book really God's book? Did God really say those things? He gets talking to Eve and she says, well, you know, um, he said this and he said that. And you know what she begins to do? And she, she, It's just almost kind of inadvertently she kind of adds to his word adds to something that he said to her. Yeah, he said, don't eat of that, don't eat of that tree that's in the midst of the garden. She says, well, he said, don't eat it and, and don't touch it. You see a little old thing like that? Isn't it funny? A little old thing like that, and she begins to have a conversation with the devil. Yeah, they're not talking about, they're not talking about going and boozing. Yeah, they're not, they're not talking about, you know, whatever, going to the dance club or going to the whatever. They're not talking about any of that. They're not talking about, he's not trying to get her to watch a dirty movie. He's just talking to her about the Word of God. Just having a little conversation about the Word of God. About what God said. You know what he says? I'll tell you what, God lied to you. God lied to you. God didn't really, God, God yeah, God said that, but he, he left some things out. He left out the fact that if you eat that fruit, you'd be like a god. A god? Yeah, you'd be, you'd be just like me. You'd know, I know things you don't know. If you eat that fruit, you'll know some things too. Wow. I'd like to know some things. Wouldn't you like to know some things? There are some things that would be better off if you didn't know. Amen. You ever find out something and, and, and find that thing out and get to the place where you think, no, I wish I didn't know that. I wish I didn't know that. 
Now, I wanted to know that, but now that I know that, I wish I didn't know it. See, not all knowledge is, is good for you. Not all knowledge is profitable for you. Not all understanding of everything is good for you. But it's tempting, isn't it? Isn't it so tempting? She saw that fruit. She said, it's good, looks good, tastes good. We're off the subject a little bit, but not really. Hello? Because we're talking about adding and taking away from the Word of God and the temptation to do so. Because if it's just up to me to decide what's the Word of God and what's not, well, then aren't I the final authority? Doesn't the buck stop with you? Okay. Around here, the buck doesn't stop with me. Amen. The buck stops here with the book. That's where the buck stops. Where does it stop in your life? With you? Must be real smart. Revelation 22, you say, I'm smarter than you. Fair enough. You might be. You're not smarter than God. Revelation 22. We doing okay? All right. We're just kind of, we're just, we're just, this is just warm-ups. A couple jumping jacks. Break, get, you know, get, a little, get, get it going, get, the, get it flowing a little bit. Revelation 22, look at verse 18. Another little, you know, just a little, P.S. or a little closing statement. <laughs> For I testify, I'm in verse 18, Revelation 22, 18. You with me? We're at the end of the book, aren't we? It's about to say the end at the end there. <laughs> uh, and he keeps telling you, I come quickly and the end is coming quickly. Yeah, that's what he says at the end of this book, right? Uh, verse 20 and verse 20, uh, verse 18, excuse me, chapter 22, verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him a cubit to his stature? Nope. Something else. The plagues that are written in this book. Well, I don't know if you know anything about the plagues that are written in this book, but you wouldn't want one of them added to you. When God gets plaguing, like he, when he's in a plaguing mood, or, or it's, it comes down to like, mm, plague. A plague is the only answer to this, what we've got before us here. And God begins to do that and send down plagues. Men suffer and die and writhe in agony and go through the absolute most unimaginable things you could ever even contemplate. They're, they're, past, they're, they're past understanding. So, well, that's not, he shouldn't be doing that. He's God and you're a man. After all. I'll add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part, you better, better note it, his part out of the book of life. I want you to note something down. Didn't say his name, did it? You, you said that, and I say you. I don't know who you are. Maybe you didn't say that. People say that. We'll take their, their name out of the book of life. He didn't say that. So they'll take away their part. That's something different. Every word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall men live. Right? Okay. It take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. Distinct warnings, are they not? Okay, all right, let's, let's keep those. Let's go to Psalm 12. Let's go to Psalm 12. 
and uh, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. We're not, getting, we're not even getting technical at all, and I don't, I don't know that we're going to today. I, 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 at the very least, okay, just hold me to it, all right? We get down to five minutes left. Somebody raise your hand. Okay, let's get up. I, there's one chart I want to show you that shows you kind of some streams of where different things came from, all right? Because you've got a King James Bible, and then after your King James Bible, You've got some, I haven't even looked them up yet uh, lately. I bet, it's, I bet it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 versions of the Bible. Hmm, any other book like that? Have they taken Shakespeare's work and updated it 300 times? His work's pretty difficult to read. I don't know if you've ever turned through it. Amen. People say it's so hard to read. Shakespeare used something somewhere in the neighborhood of 26,000 words. Your Bible get by with 20% of that. About 6,000 words, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. Now, those are, don't quote me on those numbers. I've been a while since I've looked at those, but some, something like that. So what are you saying? I'm saying in the time in which it was written, this book was written on about a sixth grade reading level. Just because we've gotten so much smarter... <laughs> Right? Cool dudes. Isn't it awesome? How? Whatever. You know, no, no. All of this stuff. Half the time these kids say things and you're like, what? You know, and we were, the, we were all them at one time or another. We're not getting smarter and smarter. The graph isn't going up with man. It's going down. We're getting dumber and dumber. So God put out a Bible at the very pinnacle, at the very height of the English language, at the Elizabethan period, where, where arts and sciences, true science, and music and literature were at their very height. And from there, we begin to go down. So science has made everything better. I don't even want to get off on that, but that, that's, that's a lie. You've been lied to about that. A bunch of people are going to go to hell because of science. Falsely so-called, the Bible says. Paul says, Paul specifically warns you to look out for it. Now, we're talking about the Word of God. We're not talking about science. But this is a scientific book. So that's free. True science. Real science. Psalm 12, look at verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. Okay, that's a plain statement, Right? We can all grab that statement and go, all right, the words of the Lord are pure words. Good, pure. Mm, I like pure things. I like good things. I like things that are clean, right? If there were ever words that we would like to be pure and clean and good and trustworthy, we'd like them to be the Lord's words, would, they, would we not? What are they like? Well, they're like this. This is, the, this, is the, this is the illustration that he gives you. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified, and then he gives this number. Okay. Well, I just, if I don't, I don't know a lot about God, okay, but I know this. I know, one, I know, I know a few things about him. He's not random. God's not, God doesn't just do things randomly and kind of, you know, oh, well, that worked out. <laughs> Please, for, forgive my irreverence, okay? 
for yours. <laughs> God's not random. He doesn't do random. He doesn't do accident. God does exact, absolutely precise. So precise that when God gets exact, you can't figure out his number. So what's his number? Pi. Thought you knew that. How do you figure out the, 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 the how do you figure out God's shape? It's a circle. Pi times the radius squared, right? Remember, you remember back there. It's 3.14, right? Well, they tried to figure it out one time. Sat down, got the best computers they could come up with, and said, we're going to figure this out to the exact decimal point. We're going to get to the end of it. You know what they found out about that number? It doesn't end. <laughs> now, I imagine it ends out there somewhere. I imagine it does. If I know anything about God, I bet it does. Suppose it does, but man will never find it out. And if it doesn't end, maybe that match got God's life even better. I don't know. But I just know this. When it comes to numbers, God's very exact. That's the point I'm trying to make. So when he says purified seven times, he didn't say it on accident. It wasn't just kind of a, you know, well, it's kind of like this, and if we, if we purified this seven times, then it'd be pretty good. No, it's like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. A furnace of where? Very interesting, okay? We're going to get into a principle here in just a second, but that's profound. Furnace of earth. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation for how long? That's a promise. God said, God's going to keep his word. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Right? Not David. This is David. David's not saying, I'm going to do my level best to keep your words, Lord. If I can just double down and redouble my efforts and we'll have security and guards and we won't let anybody in the room or out of the room where the words of God are at, we would never do that. We'll, we'll keep them, God, we promise. Right? The next day, here's Eve talking to the devil. You know, right? right? Yeah, no, God wouldn't trust man with his words. God trusts God with his words. And he says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, the things that he said. Now, the question that comes up is, okay, you said, a, you said a King James Bible is where God's words are at. What about before that? Hmm. Fair enough question, is it not? Why wouldn't God just give his word at the very beginning, right? Like, in the very beginning, give him a King James Bible. If that's where the words of God are at. Right? Okay. Principle. Principle. Get this down. This is something, a principle about God. God saves the best for last. That's not man. Man doesn't do it that way. God saves the best for last. Very interesting. Because you say, why? Well, because here's what you're told by these Bible correctors the older, the better. The older, the better. The further we go back, the more pure the words get. Okay, let's use God's principle and God's illustration here for a minute, right? If we took silver and we purified it one time, and we said, it's better here, then we did it two times. It's better here. Is it not? I didn't say this is what God did with his word. He said this is what he did with his word. Do you understand? Say, so why was he doing it that way? Now we've wandered off into something I can't answer. 
Why didn't God send Jesus Christ, the Lord, the perfect, sinless Son of God, why didn't He show up in Genesis 4 after the fall? Why not? Isn't He called the Word? Isn't He the answer for all of man's sins? Why wouldn't He show up there? Why'd God do it 4,000 years later? Well, I'm not certain about that, but I know this, God's timing's perfect. You say, well, well, you know, well, where was Christ before that? <laughs> With the Father in heaven. You say, well, where was the Word before we got it? Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. Eternity going forward. Eternity going backward. God just picked a very particular time in which, in, in when, when to do it and how to do it. Are we making any sense? Yeah. Say, older is better. Well, well, let's go back to that silver that's been purified one time or no times. Is it better? It isn't better. It's much worse. Right? So we go, we got to go back to the oldest and best manuscripts. Well, first of all, know this. What they're talking about, anytime you hear a man talk about the originals, he's talking about something that doesn't exist anymore. Okay? So, e- so even the actual penned writing of Paul, of Moses... <laughs> Right? The tables aren't in the Vatican or anywhere else for that. They're not in the Smithsonian, right? That, God, that, that Moses trudged down the mount with the rocks under his, you know, stone tables under his arms, right? If you remember about those, the first ones broke. Hello? And God says, go get them again. Doing this work over again. Because man messed it up. I don't know what I'm ever going to do. Now I don't know how to get my word to them. Moses broke it. God doesn't let men break his word in the sense of now it's irreparable. Sit down and do it again. Just give it to you again. I'm going to give you a little bit more. I'm going to allow this thing to be purified in a furnace of earth. That's the way I'm going to do it. You say, I don't think, I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. It's absolutely ridiculous. That, that, that. We who wrestle with God, right? So why do you do it that way? I can't tell you why he did it that way. I can just show you that he did do it that way. I can just prove to you that, that historically, as we look at what happens with the text and what happens with the originals and what happens with the translations and what happens with the Bibles is they begin to come from two different sources and that God over time, throughout, period, throughout history, begins to purify His Word and give a little bit more of it and give a little bit more of it and give a little bit more of it. it. may not be the right way to say it. He's purifying it. Because when He gives it the first time, I'll grant you that He gives it all. He didn't give it in English. He gives the Old Testament in Hebrew. Gives the New Testament in Greek and Aramaic, mostly Greek. Okay? And so, and so you say, well, when it makes its way to English, it's worse. No, when it makes its way to English, it's better. That's profound. That's remarkable. You, you better grab a hold of this principle. Now, I better explain this principle a little bit better and keep going uh, with you. But, but you, are, you got something already. Look at Proverbs chapter 25. Now, 
again, I'm laying groundwork here. This is intro stuff. So I'll show you the charts. I'll show you, I'll show you the evidence, you know, because I could just be spouting out the side of my mouth, right? Yeah, sure, you bet. But the evidence is there if you want to find it. You hang around, I'll show it to you. But, but I mean, if you're actually interested, you'd go find it out for yourself. So I heard this crazy nut tell me that this is a perfect word of God. Is it? I don't know, is it? Jesus Christ couldn't convince some men that he was even good, let alone God. Jesus, did you hear what I said? Jesus Christ, I said he's God manifest in the flesh. I'm convinced he was God. He couldn't convince some people that he was even good. It's not my job to convince you. Amen. It wasn't Christ's job to convince them. He says, I'll show you. I'll, I mean, I'll show you what I can show you. <laughs> like miracles. I'll raise people from the dead. I'll do a bunch of things that only God can do. You're not God. Okay. Okay. Okay, what do you want me to do? One day they'll know. So, well, what, is, this, is this book you know, preserved? I said it is. Is it perfected? I'm telling you it is, so convince me. I can show you all this stuff, every bit of it. There's a heart thing that goes on here, as just as much as there's a head thing that goes on. I give you all the head knowledge. Matter of fact, there's all kind of men that have far more head knowledge than I have, and they don't believe what I believe about this book. I'll never, I would never, I could never attain unto some of the head knowledge that some of the men possess who don't believe this book. Fair enough, right? Some pretty smart people who said, Jesus Christ, crucify him. Kill him. Kill him. So all the smartest people, they, they, they'd get it. Would they, though? Would they, though, or did they have to come like a child? Like Christ said, they ought to, they ought to come. My children know my voice. My children know my voice. Right? Yours know yours. I know my father's voice. I know my father's word. I know it, I know it well enough. Like, please, please. I'm trying to puff myself up or anything like that or, or present myself in a highlight to you. But when I hear somebody quote a different verse on the Bible, I know it's wrong. Immediately. Immediately doesn't take but five or six words. I go, that's not the right version. That's not my father's voice. That ain't him. Somebody trying to sound like my dad. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know who would try to do something like that? Somebody who's trying to steal somebody? Who would try to sound like me to my, to my children? Who would do that? Somebody try to take them from me. Three hundred versions. So whose are they? Whose are they? So it's all God's word. Okay. There's only there's only one me for my children. Do you understand? Who else can take that place? Running ourselves out of time.
Proverbs 25, is that where we said go? Proverbs 25, notice a verse here. Look at verse 4. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a what? Okay. You say God's word had dross in it? Well, it must have been in the sense that God said, I delivered it this way, and I'm going to continue to purify it. Can God add and take away from his words? Yeah, I'll show you that. We're not, I, can't, I can't do it today. I'll show you there where, where uh, in Jeremiah, Jer- Jeremiah's given the word of God to write to a king and about a people, and it's judgmental. That's why you don't like the Bible, because it's so negative. So it says all kind of negative things about you. It tells the truth about you. That's why you don't like it, because you go in there and read, and you go, I don't, I don't like that. Okay. All right. So this king gets a hold of the Word of God, he reads it, it's negative, the message is against him, it's it's not in his favor, it's because he's been doing a bunch of wicked things, because he's been dwelling in darkness, and because this thing begins to shed light on the situation, he hates this thing, and he'd rather stay in darkness. So he grabs a pen knife and begins to cut it all up, and then throws it in the fire. There's that. (laughs) See about that Word of God there. I pitched it right in the fire. God says, Jeremiah and Baruch, sit down, boys. I'm going to say some more. I'm going to say all the things that I said to the king. I want you to write them down. And I got a couple other things I want to say. That's God. God can add to his words. He's not a liar. You are. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Who are you to call me a liar? How many lies you got to tell to be a liar? Liar? Yeah, I'll put my name at the top of the list. You can just all file in below. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Not some men liars. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Take away the dross from the silver. There shall come forth a vessel for the finer. What God is doing with His Word from the originals up until the Bible we've got, he's pulling dross out. What he constitutes as dross. What he accounts as dross. You say, but he's using men to do it. He is using men to do it, but it's not in the manner in which you act like. First Peter or Second Peter in chapter 1. See, you act like as soon as men get their hands on it, it's ruined. And what God says is that if the right men have their hands on it and they're led of God, then they... Uh, then it's right, then it's pure, then it's what we call inspired. Now the question comes up, who gets to determine that? And we'll do our level best to try to answer that question. But 2 Peter in chapter 1. These are basic verses, these are introductory verses as you begin to look at and contemplate the the King James Bible. Uh, We'll get that thing up there in just a second, boys. I want that chart, I want the, the the one that I sent you that has the two streams on it on either side, okay? Yeah? Okay, let's read this first. I'll get that up. I'll make a few closing statements. We'll be done here. Uh, boy, some stuff I really wanted to kind of get into, but we, we, we kind of did. We didn't, we didn't get all the way into it. I guess we kind of did, yeah. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, look at verse... Uh, hmm, 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 hmm. Verse... You can see, you can, you can go 18... And, and this is the voice. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. 
fine. And this is the voice which came from heaven, which we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Okay, this is the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John go up onto the mount with the Lord. Anybody know the story? He says, come on up, guys. I, I'm gonna, I, I got some things that I want to show you. And he shows himself in all his glory, transfigured. And God begins to speak. This is my beloved son. Like, this, this hear ye him. <laughs> right? And, and, God, and God has some things to say. And it, 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 Moses and Elijah appear to show up. And, and Peter's, you know, kind of trying to work everything out. He says, well, let's make some tavern or some, some, some you know, altars for everybody. And then I... And <laughs> Lord, just settle down. And this is Peter recounting this many years later. So I was up there. I heard the voice of God, which would be awesome, right? Amazing. Okay. Wonderful. Like, if only you could hear the voice of God, then you'd be convinced, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You'd think you would. You'd think, you'd, you'd think if you'd heard the voice of God, you'd be convinced. A whole bunch of people have. A whole bunch of people did. The next day, they said, huh? Did I really... Did I hear what I think I heard? Am I going crazy? Because when people start hearing voices, it's not the first, you're like, right? Somebody shows up and says, well, you know, so and such and such and such and such. God told me. All right. I'm hearing voices. Right? We were up on the mountain with the Lord and God talked. Isn't that your initial response? That you just you go, okay. Mm. So what Peter says about that is this. We, meaning him, meaning what he had in that day. He didn't have a King James Bible, by the way. But what he had, what he had, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed unto a light that shineth, unto a, uh, shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. It's a more sure word of prophecy, more sure than a voice coming down from heaven. Hello? More sure than that. Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. I don't care. That guy said, you know, what he says about the Bible. That's just your opinion. Fair enough. Because the Bible is not of anybody's personal opinion. I don't get to give you my personal opinion and make that the standard. I can give you my personal opinion and you can wad my personal opinion up and pitch it right in the trash if you like. But you don't get to do that about the Word of God. The Word of God stands on its own two feet. doesn't need my opinions. Doesn't mean doesn't need, doesn't need my two cents. Right? We're not adding to the Word of God as we're preaching. We're taking the Word of God from time to time giving our opinion on it, but it's not of any private interpretation. That isn't given to any one single man, hello, of any head of any church anywhere to stand up in front of anybody and say anything about their opinion about what things should be extra-biblical or removing something from the Word of God. God doesn't give a man that, that liberty any man that liberty. I don't care what kind of hat they have on. 
Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, this chart is not going to make a ton of sense to many of you, and that's fine, because I will, I, we will go over this. This won't be the only time I show this to you, okay? And I know, you, I know it's hard to read, and it doesn't make a, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're out of time. I can't, I can't sit here and explain this thing to you too much, okay? But what you have with a King James Bible, all right, is you have a whole bunch of manuscripts, documents, none of which are originals. They're copies of copies of copies at best, okay? And there are two main sources. One main source, and we're going to look at this in depth, is from a place called Antioch. That's a place that shows up in your Bible, okay? And I'm going to show you a bunch of things that God has to say about Antioch. And another place is a place called Alexandria, Egypt, okay? And those those two sources produce two different things, okay? From all of the, the, the manuscripts and the originals, I'm put it in quotes because there's no such thing, comes down from Antioch, all through the, we'll go through a number of these things, not at length, okay, but a number of these points of purification, right? And what you end up with, why can't we see the bottom, guys? Okay, is a King James Bible, okay? Now, on the other side is a place called Alexandria, Egypt, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna try to offend anybody here this, this morning. I don't wanna do that. I'm not trying to step on your toes, but what you get out of there, what, you, what comes out of there is a religion that calls itself Christianity and a Bible, and I'll put it in quotations, a revised version, an RV, Okay? If you wonder what church that book's connected with, go look it up. Go check it out. You're talking about two different streams. Two different, two, and out of, the same, yeah, out of the same fountain, can't flow forth good water and bitter water and sweet. That is, there's a pure stream, and there's a stream where every single other version comes out of. Every single one of them. All of them. King James comes from one place. All your other Bible versions come from another, ver from, from another source. Now, that's quite a place to land, and we have to be done because it's three minutes after. And so we're going to take a break. If you have questions about this, go on and ask. We're going to jump into this thing. We're going to look at it, okay? It'll do me good. It'll do you good. It'll, it'll help you. It'll help me, okay? All right, so we'll begin to do that on Sunday nights, probably after Joseph, and, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? All right. Intro, intro into the into the manuscript evidence we call it. <laughs> 